Welcome to an inspirational message recorded live at Little Falls Christian Center. Before I start with the message this morning, I want to do something that Pastor Harold and Maud gave me the permission to do. In fact, they asked to do this, and this is for Pastor Tiens and for Karen. As most of you would know by now, this is their last Sunday year at this church, where Pastor Tiens, how long have you labored here in this church? 33 years? 33. And 35 years you've been with in, in total. And the Lord is releasing Pastor Tiens and Karen to go and continue God's work there in Dana Bay. Now, Maud said something, I think it was a week ago, yes, where she, I believe she prophesied when she said that Pastor Tiens was going to plant a Bible school there in Dana Bay. But Pastor Harold and Maud once, on behalf of the leaders of this church, to honor you, Pastor Tiens and Karen, for your years of loyalty and your service, your, I almost want to say, unparalleled commitment unto God and the kingdom of God, how you served, how you were always available for the people, what you taught, what you left behind. And I said in the morning service, something that I will say again, even in his last, Pastor Tiens, in his last week, three weeks, He's not idling. He's continuously busy with the kingdom of God work. He's doing recordings. He's making sure all the handover is in place. It is a man who is finishing this race well. And to you, Pastor Tiens and Karen, Pastor Harold and Maud, honors you for this. And they release you with the blessing of God as they have already done to you personally. But from us as the church, we want to honor for what they've sowed into the kingdom of God and that God will bless them where they are going to continue with the good work that God started in them. And may this be so, Pastor Tiens and Karen, that the good work that God has started in you, He will bring to fruition and to completion in you. You are now going to labor in the same vineyard but just in a different land, a different, a different place, in a different area. So I want to ask us, the church, Pastor Tinson Corden, if you can stand for us, and I want to ask that we raise our hands towards them, and as the congregation, we pray a blessing over them in agreement with Pastor Harrelton Moore's blessing upon them and release them to go and be fruitful for there where God is sending them. So Father God, as we bring this precious man and his wife before you, for many of us, they are such an example because they followed the example that you set through Pastor Harold and Maud, who have followed the example of our Lord Jesus Christ. They have persevered, Lord, and now you're moving them into a new season. So now we pray, Father, as Pastor Harold have said this already, we confirm this, that the pre-shield covering of this church rests over Pastor Tiens and Karen, there where they go. And we pray, Lord, that you will make their hands fruitful and blessed, and that where their feet shall tread, Lord, that they shall gain and, and take the, 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 the ground for the kingdom of God, and also claim the souls for the kingdom of God, there where they are going. It is now a new season, and we release them by the favor of the Lord, and Lord, by the agreement of the leader of this congregation, Pastor Harold, that they will be blessed in what they do. And yes, Lord, that you will increase and that you will enlarge and then that you will abound your grace upon them so that they will continue in the work that you have for them. We agree with this and we release them therefore. May the favor of the Lord surround them like a shield. And we all agree and we say, Amen. 
Amen. Yes, let's give the Lord a praise offering for them. After the second service, there's going to be child dedication. And Pastor Tins is going to do their child dedication as well. And I said it in the morning services, but especially for you who are here. If you want your child to be dedicated today, there it is. He's doing his last one. If your children have already been dedicated and you want to rededicate them, please go and do it after the second service. All right, you have your opportunity. And I also want to say this. If you want to hassle them with love and with hugs and with kisses, please do so after the service and this evening as well. All right, but I want to get to this morning's message. And you'll find that in the book of Exodus, chapter 17. And we're going to refer to some of the verses in verse 18 to 16. And before we start reading or getting to that, I want to start off by saying this. There was an American president, which many of you have heard of and know of, because he's much spoken about, and much great things have been said about them. In fact, he's regarded as probably the best American president that there ever was, and it's a man by the name of Abraham Lincoln. Listen to this, what he said. The Bible is not my book, and Christianity is not my religion. I could never give assent to the long, complicated statements of Christian dogma. And then later he would say this. The same man, Abraham Lincoln, would say this. I believe the Bible is the best gift to man. All the good of the Savior of the world is communicated to us through the book. How profound and amazing it must be for a person to have that 360-degree turnaround. What changes a man and allows a man or a woman to get to that place that you change so much around? Abraham Lincoln is known that he's the president that were presiding over the matters when America was in a civil war from 1861 to 65. Until today, it is the greatest amount of people that were ever killed in a single battle where the Americas were involved in. What changed for him to have said this in the end concerning the Bible and the Savior? You see, when a man stands in the face of adversity and war as he was, life changes. You stare death in the eyes and your view on things changed rather quickly and significantly. And this was what happened with Abraham Lincoln. And so it is concerning the proportion of Scripture that we are going to read this morning in the book of Exodus 17. Because I want to give you some context here and some background what had happened. Israel had just come out of the desert. I mean, sorry, out of Egypt. And now they've been in the desert a few days. They've complained. They've gone through the Red Sea now, but then they started complaining. And now Moses calls Joshua and he says to him, gather some men because we are going to war against the Amalekites. And there are a lot of things that are a first year in this particular portion of Scripture. It is the first time that the name of Joshua is mentioned. It is the first time that the name of Hur is mentioned. It is the first time that Israel goes to war. Now you must remember, for 400 years they were slaves. And when God delivered them from the hands of the Egyptians, they didn't take with them swords and shields and weaponry and armory so as to go and fight. 
They only had one thing in mind. We're leaving Egypt on our way to the promised land. They were not war ready. They're not war fit. They don't know how to fight in a war. And now Moses says to them, we are going to fight against the Amalekites, who, by the way, is one of the worst enemies you could possibly and probably fight. All through the Word of God, God refers to the Amalekites as synonymous or as a symbol of Satan. And I want to read you just two scriptures just to confirm this. God says this of Satan, when Satan deceived the woman, Eve, and man sinned, God says this as he cursed the serpent. He says this in Genesis 3 verses 15. I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head. Mankind shall bruise the enemy, Satan's head. And you shall bruise his heel. In other words, the heel is at the back. It's from behind. It's a soft spot that the enemy will come. But you won't see him coming because he comes from behind. Now listen to how the Amalekites fought. Deuteronomy 25, 17 and 18. Remember what Amalek did to you on the way as you were coming out of Egypt. Verse 18 of Deuteronomy 25. How he met you on the way and attacked your rear ranks. All the stragglers at your rear when you were tired and weary and he did not fear God. Amalek did not fear God as Satan doesn't fear God. Now what God is describing here with the Amalekites is that they came and to fight like a coward. Israel was expecting them to meet them face to face, but they came at the back. Who was always at the back when a group moved? It was the weaklings, those who were injured or those who were sick. They were the children. It was the women, because the men were in front to fight the battles. This is how the enemy attacks. And God warns, this will become Israel's nemesis right through the whole Bible until God destroyed the Amalekites. They were an adversary to Israel all their years. And now God says through Moses, Joshua, get some men, not soldiers, because he hasn't got soldiers, get some men. And now you're going to fight the Amalekites. And to give you some context now, and you all probably heard this or read this, but just to summarize this for you, Moses went up the hill with two men, his brother Aaron and with her, and many of the uh, scriptures and the, the readings uh, uh, says that her was Moses' brother-in-law, the, the husband of Miriam. So he takes these two men and he goes and pray. And they help him because he needs help. Joshua is there at the bottom in the valley with the army of Israel now, and they're fighting against the Amalekites. And now we come to what God is saying through all of this, because this particular situation, God places before us the foundation of how we, as children of God, will forever walk in victory, how to overcome the enemy. The blueprint is set in Exodus 17 from verses 18 to 16, because God speaks prophetically. God speaks of the things that were to come. There will always be an enemy. The Amalekites were a, a, a resemblance of that. The enemy is Satan, but God tells us that the enemy's purpose is to bring separation between us and God. But God says, if we follow the ways, as he's, what He's teaching us in this portion of Scripture, we will have victory, and it will be victory for us forever. And this is what God is establishing, and we're going to see what God means by this. So the first thing that happens here that I want to turn to is found in uh, verse 12. 
Moses' hands were lifted up. Now I know many of you, including myself, have had a trying time over the last two years. I mean, we've just coming out of COVID. We are just getting ready that hopefully, prayerfully, by faith, this week coming, that the president will abolish the lockdown. We've all been praying for this and hoping for this. We don't know what the new norm is going to be like, but we all are ready to step into the new norm. We are basically and essentially getting back to the things as they are supposed to be, freedom. And now just as this is beckoning us, and now there's a war happening between Russia and Ukraine. I mean, please give us a break, you would think. And God does. God does give us that break. He gives us that hope, and He gives us that truth to hold on to, which we will come to now. Somebody recently said, this world is falling to pieces. And then someone else said these wise words. This world is not falling to pieces. This world is falling into place in accordance with what God's Word says. So the first thing that we pick up in verse 12, let's read there, Exodus 17, verse 12. But Moses' hands became heavy, so they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it, a rock. You'll always find safety and solidity when, you've, when you're seated on the rock. And Aaron and Hur supported his hands, one on one side and the other on the other side. And his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. Moses prayed the whole day until the going down of the sun. He became weary and he became tired. He'd never stopped praying. He continued praying, but he needed help. And that's why he called two men to help him to lift up his hands that he would continue to pray. For a whole day, he was praying. You never read in the Scriptures that Joshua and the army ever got tired. Moses got weary and tired because this is what happens when we persevere in prayer. This is what happens when we fight the battles of the world on our knees. It is through prayer that we obtain the victory. It is through prayer that we get the victory, that we declare what is rightfully ours. And when prayer is victorious, we take it to the battlefield and the battlefield is already ours. We already have the victory because we get the victory in prayer. Moses did not stop. Yes, let's give God a praise offering. Yes. Moses never stopped. He called for help. You're going to need help, child of God. I'm going to need help. I'm proof of that. I often need help. I never can do this by myself. When you are persevering in prayer, I want to say to you, keep on pushing through. Don't stop because your answer is forthcoming. You don't know when, and it's irrelevant and unimportant, because God is never late. God is never on our timeline. God will always bring the breakthrough for those who persevere. And listen, there are an abundance of examples in the Word of God of those who persevered in prayer. There is Hannah. Um, how long did she pray for a son? There is Jeremiah. He was called by God to prophesy and to speak over the nation of Israel. And they didn't heed him. They even put him in jail. But he didn't stop praying for Israel. There is David. There is Saul. There is our Lord Jesus Christ who never stopped praying. Even in the Garden of Gethsemane, when it became too much, 
He went back three times that same night and he prayed three hours. Each time it was an hour. I want to say to you, persevere in your prayer in the hour and the time that you are living in. And you don't have to worry or to fear because you are not alone. God is not going to send you a her or going to send you an Aaron. You don't have to wait for them because God gave us something now that the world do not have. When I say the world, those who are not saved, we've got God's Holy Spirit. God send us His helper that all of us in our prayer can lean on Him and depend upon Him because He gives us strength. He gives us perseverance. Through the Holy Spirit, we pray the perfect will of God. When we allow the Holy Spirit to come in, He helps us in our difficulties and in our hardships. We should never worry about anything concerning prayer. Just push through the way that Moses did. And I'll provide you proof of what God's Word says. In Romans 8, 26, it says this, Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. You are going to become weak, child of God. I am often weak, but God, God's grace looks beyond my weakness because in Him I am made strong. In God's graces I am made strong. Read further there. For we do not know what we should pray as we ought, but the Spirit Himself makes intercession for us and groanings which cannot be uttered. It is the greatest tool that we have to our availability in the hour that we are in. It is to pray in the Spirit. And any person who is not able to pray in the Spirit, I want to invite you to ask somebody to pray with you that you would receive that gift. God gave this as a gift to the body of Christ, that in the hour that we are in, we overcome the devil not by ourselves, because the Word says, it is not by power, it is not by might, but it is by the Spirit of the Lord. It is through God's Holy Spirit that you are able to be strengthened and lifted up and persevere and push through and get that breakthrough. Stay the course. I want to say to many of you here, you have not received your breakthrough. You've been praying and you have not received the outcome. I want to say this, your prayer have not been answered yet because it is still coming. It is still on its way. You just have to keep on doing what you're doing. Persevere because God is giving you help and He will aid you and He will assist you. There was a woman in Luke 18 from verse 1 to 8, a widow who was, who was persevering for an outcome and she was confronted with an unjust judge. And she persevered. The word said she wore him down through her perseverance. In the end, she got the desired outcome because of her perseverance. You must expect resistance in your life from the enemy. But it is through, persist, through, through, the, through that perseverance that we learn how to continue steadfastly, to never give in, to never give up, because God's Holy Spirit will give us the strength to persevere. Whatever it is that you're praying for, and whatever it is that you are holding on to, you must not let it go, because God will give you the victory. Because there's proof, there is living proof that prayer and perseverance in prayer works. In this church, I can give you many examples, and I will. About four or five years ago, there was an election that was coming here at Nazareth. We didn't know what the future of this nation was going to be like, but as a church, for those of you who can remember and recall, we got together, all of us here, on a Friday night, six o'clock. We prayed through the whole night until that next morning, seven o'clock, connecting up with a Saturday morning prayer meeting. We prayed that whole night just for that, for a, an election where God will elect 
his godly person that is needed in the hour to lead our nation. God answered our prayers. If you can recall three, four years or so ago, it was so dry in the Western Cape. They were so out of water that they were contemplating and even the, the, the feasibility studies were done to bring an iceberg from the north there from the Alaska Canada side just to bring that iceberg to Cape Town to see if they can't get water from that that's how desperate the situation was Western Cape was declared a disaster province we prayed here we prayed here every Saturday and every day there here in this office we prayed every day that God would send the rain. And today, three, four years down the, down the line, the dams in the Western Cape are sitting at 80, 90, some of them are 100% full. There is no drought in the Western Cape because God still answers prayers. We pushed through and we persevered and God gave us the answer. You are all living testimony of this. For two years, we've been praying about COVID. For two years. Look at our prayers, how God has answered us. The potency of that pandemic and that disease has diminished so much that it is not regarded as a death threat any longer. The medical field will claim all the great accolades of what they have accomplished through booster shots and through vaccinations. It was prayer that God paid attention to. It was prayer that brought in the change. And we will soon have the shackles of lockdown removed in every possible way because we will be free in Christ in every matter in this nation because we are a praying people in this church church. Just last year, just last year, and you all recall that, when this absolutely devastation of looting hit our nation, and all the fear-mongering came again over this nation, and even here in the Western, they said, well, be careful because we're coming for you next. In fact, there was a man that was caught who was uh, promulgating fear and attacks that would come on the Western, and through prayer, that man was taken into custody through prayer. Nothing came to the wasteland. Nothing. No looting. Because God still answers prayer. We pushed through and we persevered because this is who our God is. This is what He does. He strengthens us so that we can push through and obtain the victory. Your responsibility, my responsibility is to never give up. Never give up because God will bring the breakthrough. In every season that we are in right now, I want to say to you, is God surprised of what's happening in this world? Nothing in God's Word says anything about that. God doesn't say that we will, be, we, we will not be involved in any calamity or disasters in this world. God says that even when that happens, in those situations, He will protect us. In those situations, He will provide for us. More so is coming. It is a season of miracles and we must expect that, but we must push through in our prayer. The next thing that I want to mention that was so pivotal, look at this picture that you see. What do you see? What is in the hands of Moses? Whenever Moses' hands were up and or down, he didn't let go of one thing, and that was the staff, the staff that was in his hand. Why was the staff such an important part of this portion of Scripture? because the staff was well known amongst the Israelites. They saw when Moses stepped the sea and the sea and the waters departed. They knew there was authority and power in that staff. They knew the staff was a representation of God's authority, of God's power, and of God's strength. So when Moses lifted up his hands, those men who were fighting in the valley, they saw it, and suddenly they gained the ascendancy. But the moment that Moses' hands were dropping, 
The Amalekites gained the ascendancy. In the end, it says, when the sun went down, the victory was ours. But it was through there, Moses praying, his hands being held up, and never did he let go of that staff. Never was the staff taken out of his hand because God has put in your and my hand that same authority. I wanna say to you, child of God, never let go of the authority that God gave you. You have the authority over every demonic forces in this world. You must just take it up and proclaim what is yours because Christ did it for us. And we are victorious in Christ. And now God gave us His Holy Spirit so that we can continue to walk in that authority. Look at what is in your hands. What is it that you are holding on? What is the promise that you are standing on? What is it about God's Word that you are standing on for that thing that you are waiting for the breakthrough? That is the thing that you dare not let go of. That is the thing that you hold on to and that you persevere in it because you will have the victory. I remember a time for myself when I was unemployed. And I've meant to, you probably heard this, but I can't testify enough of how great God is. I went to probably 20 interviews. And at some point I changed my prayers and I said, God, I will take anything, I will take any job. Thinking I will be humble before God and say, Lord, I'm not gonna be particular. I had a particular set of attributes and skill set and, and experience. And I said to God, Lord, I will take anything. I will take any job. And right there the Lord rebuked me. He says, my plans for you is not to have anything. I have only the best for you. Don't you drop your standards in what you are asking. Ask what is my best for you because that is what I've got in line for you. That is what we must persevere. The best that God has for you is on your way, but you must not give up and persevere in prayer to claim that which God has for you. Because if God can do it for me, He can do it for you. He has no favorite. You all are His favorites. He says, you are the apple of my eye. If you are the apple of His eye, He's gonna provide for you. I wanna say something that I didn't mention in the first service, and this is, you know, the act of raising our hands as Moses did here. There's so much concerning the act of raising our, our hands. Moses set the tone here for what was, was to come because ever since then, any form of victory was celebrated when a person put their hands in the air. Look at any rugby game, look at any athletics event, look at any sports event. The person that is victorious do what? They raise their hands because what? Where does your hands point to? Where do they point to? To the heavens. To God be the glory because He's the one who provides the victory. All those people who do not believe, they don't even realize they're giving God the glory when they raise their hands. Isn't this wonderful? According to the CIA, they, they, they've got a website called the CIA Factbook. According to that, there are 2.4 billion, Christ, billion Christians in the world and only after 8 billion people in the world. That's 30%. 30% according to them are the Christians in this world. But I'm saying to you, there are more people who live like Christians without even knowing about this because whenever we put our hands above our heads, we give glory to God. We give glory to God. There is such a beautiful thing concerning when you raise your hands. Medical wise, they say, it strengthens your back, it opens your chest. There's something they call now the, 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 the text, what they call it, the, the text stance. Everybody's got this, it's like this, you know? You, you, you watch your cell phone. They call it a text neck. That's a real word, text neck. They say the best exercise to strengthen your neck and your body is to raise your hands because automatically your head is lifted up high. God established a pattern for us through the raising of our hands. I wanna say two more things. When Moses had the victory, 
God said to Moses, go and write this down in a book and read it in the hearing of Joshua. And this we find in verse 14. He said, write it down as a memorial. It is the first time that God gives an instruction that something must be written down in a book. Can you see God prophesying here? God was saying there to Moses, write this down because from there will come this. Everything that God did is written in here. God was already seeing that the Bible was going to be printed in book form that we can read what our Lord God does for us. Every victory over the enemy is written in here. Every attempt of the devil to sidetrack us is written in here. And the answer to that is written in here. Everything concerning God is written in this word. But God wants us to move from here. It cannot just be letters anymore, child of God. Not in the hour that we are in. These letters cannot stay in the word in any more year. It has to come in here. And only only way that it is coming, it is through the Holy Spirit. What are you doing with the Holy Spirit? And if you do not know this, you will have Him. The Word of God says in 1 Corinthians 12 verses 3, if you have confessed Jesus Christ, it comes only by the Holy Spirit. It's now the Holy Spirit who makes the Word come alive in you. He testifies of Jesus Christ. You only know who Christ is because of the Holy Spirit. He's the one who testifies of Him. You have got the Word in you. And the Word is literally in you because God says in Romans 10 verses 8, but what does it say? The Word is near you. It is in your mouth. It is in your heart that it, the Word of faith, which we preach, that is that which God is talking about. You have got the Word of God in you. I'm closing off with this. In the end, Moses did something out of himself and he built an altar to God. Moses didn't go and celebrate this victory for the men and the women of Israel to say, well done Moses, your prayers did us well. They didn't go to Joshua and say, well done Joshua, you led us in a victory. They all went before this altar and this altar was called Adonai Nisi, which means the Lord is our banner. That word banner means the Lord is our strength. The Lord is the standard. God is the standard, child of God. Whatever it is that you're holding on to in the hour that we are in, whatever it is, God has to be that standard. God showed us the standard. God speaks of that standard and that standard is Christ Jesus. Paul writes when he says in 1 Corinthians 11 verses one, he says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. The father says this of the son Jesus in Matthew 3:17. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased do what he says. God gives us the standard. Matthew 6, we all know. God says, seek first the kingdom of God and its righteousness. These two things are God's standard. Seek, God, seek God's kingdom because that is God's standard. And today we have that standard. The Holy Spirit reveals to us what that standard is. We have the fruit of the Spirit. What is the fruit of the Spirit? The fruit of the Spirit is nothing else but telling us who Christ is. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That is who Christ is. Imitate Him. He is the standard. If you, have him as, if you have Him as the standard, it will reflect through you. You will show that Christ-likeness to the world and the world will not be able to withstand to be drawn to you because you are carriers of the light. God gave us the gifts of the Holy Spirit because when we do the gifts of the Holy Spirit through the Holy Spirit's anointing, we are doing the same work that Christ did. 
Christ couldn't do any of those things, healing, delivering them, uh, anything. He could do nothing except it was by the Holy Spirit. And now we have that same Holy Spirit. That same Holy Spirit is in you. And what are we going to do? What is in our hands that we are holding on to? I'm saying to you today, child of God, don't let go. Don't let go of what is in you that God has placed along your path and the thing that you are standing for. Because if you persevere with the help of the Holy Spirit, you will have your victory. I close off with this. Yes, let's give God that glory. You know, I still remember when I came to this church, for me it was a weird phenomenon to come to a church where people clap hands. I didn't know that. And I've come to learn over the ages that when I clap hands to God, I do it properly. I don't do it half-heartedly because I don't clap for anyone. I clap for Jesus, for what He has done for me and what He's done for you. He deserves our best glory and the clapping of hands. So whenever you do it, do it to the best of your ability because you do it unto God. I want to close off with this, saying this. There is no evidence, absolutely no evidence ever found that the person that is praying falls into backsliding. There's no evidence. We have that. This is a church that prays. The hour has come for us, child of God, that we've got to be serious about prayer. Prayer is going to change the future of this nation as it has been shaping this nation, as we have seen ourselves in our own lives and in this nation. This church has been called out to be a, 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 a church of prayer in the hour that we are in. And God is calling everyone to become part of this. We have no excuse to not be here on a Saturday morning when we pray. Yes, there are legitimate reasons for you when you have things pertaining to your children and their sports and whatever, or if you work. But if you just want to sleep late, then you've got no excuse not to be here on a Saturday. Because I'm saying to you, child of God, in the hour that we are in, prayer is the thing that are going to move the mountains. The prayer and the faith in Christ Jesus through the presence of God's Holy Spirit will shake the mountains and we will see the victory because Christ will bring it to us. Let's stand and give the Lord a praise offering. Hallelujah. Let's give God a praise offering. Amen. Let's shout amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes. For He is worthy to receive our praise. Hallelujah. As you raise your hands to the heavens, let's do this to our heavenly Father. Lord, we thank you for the anointing of your Holy Spirit that rests upon this place and upon your people. Lord, we thank you for these precious people and even those who are listening by the live stream. Lord, they are the apple of your eyes. Lord, strengthen them in this hour to keep hold to that thing which is in their hand, the authority that you gave to each and every single one of us to walk victorious in this life, irrespective of the world and its situations and circumstances. Bless them now as they leave, that your holy angels will go before them and make the mountains plain for them. And as they return this evening, they may be uh, filled with fresh and new oil and new bread, Lord, for their lives, so that you may be lifted up high. Now, Lord, by the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father and the fellowship of your Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. In the holy name of Jesus Christ, we ask this and we all agree and we say, Amen. Amen. For more teachings like this and other material, please visit our website at www.littlefallsonline.com.